0: Well, happy Sunday morning to you. So grateful that you are able to join us this morning on the podcast as we are going to wrap up our series of what's going on in there. You know, these last several weeks we've been talking uh, about uh, real world issues such as depression, stress, anxiety, fear, uh, the loss of our identity, but this morning, we want to ask, what's the answer to all of this? And, uh, you know, this is a special weekend, of course, as it is Memorial Day weekend. And so uh, we do want to say uh, thank you to those families who have had loved ones who have died in service uh, Words cannot express our sadness over the loss of your loved one. We pray that God would comfort you and make His presence known to you. Not just this weekend, but at all the time. But we thank you for all those families who willingly loaned their loved one to a nation and they bravely uh, fought, and they laid down their life to protect the freedoms that you and I enjoy. And so, uh, we just want to say thank you, and we want to we want you to know that we're praying for you. You. Know, Today, we want to look at the ultimate answer to the issues we've already talked about and then some more. Now, by way of setting this up, let me ask you a few questions, okay? Have you ever worked so long and so hard that your body actually ate uh, because it was so tired? I mean, have you ever been so tired that your body actually struggled to shut down enough for you to be able to get Some sleep. When either of those things happen, it's incredibly tough to function, isn't it? I mean, our mood is off. How we treat other people is off. Uh, And really a lot of other things. It's just off. But what if I told you that God never meant for it to be this way? What if I told you that God built in a blessing from the very beginning And the reason uh, that we have a lot of the struggles that we have is because we're neglecting this gift. Here's the one big thing. By giving us the Sabbath, God has given us a wonderful gift physically and spiritually. If you have your Bibles, let's go to Mark chapter 2 together as we're going to look at this. What is this gift? What what is the Sabbath? And what does it mean for you and I today? So starting in verse 27, it says, And he said unto them, The Sabbath was made for man, and not man for the Sabbath. Therefore the Son of Man is Lord also of the Sabbath. Would you pray with me? Father, thank you again for this time, uh, just the opportunity to study your word. and Lord, I pray. For everyone who's going to be listening to this podcast, I pray that they have a relationship with you that is based on your grace. Lord, if not through the proclaiming of your word today, may they be drawn to you. May they see not just their sin of rejecting you, but more importantly, Would they see the love and grace you're extending to them and offering them the opportunity to become a child of God? But I also pray for my brothers and sisters in Christ because we're not perfect and we're not going to be perfect this side of eternity, but we should be striving. We should be pursuing you and your kingdom. And so, Lord, teach us what it means to Sabbath. and Lord, we also want to pray uh, for those families who this weekend has a, a much different meaning than what it has for a lot of people. For many Americans, Memorial Days, just a, an extended uh, weekend where we have barbecues and friends and family over and, and all of these uh, fun activities. But for some, it's a reminder that a loved one is no longer with them. They gave that last full measure in the defense of a nation they loved. And their loved ones are hurting. And so, Father, we want to pray for them. We know that we can't take that pain away We know we can't bring their loved one back, but we know that we can point them to you who is the comforter, who is our healer, who is our rock and our refuge. And so Lord, be with those families, we pray in Jesus' name, amen. Again, the one big thing for today is that by giving us the Sabbath, God has given us a wonderful gift. Spiritually, uh, physically, and spiritually. So, what is the Sabbath? What, what do we see in our text? The first thing that, that we see is that the Sabbath is a blessing from God. Now, I've, we need to do a little bit of history uh, on the Sabbath so we could really start to connect the dots and see it as a blessing, really a a gift from God. Now, who is the human author of the first five books of the Bible? It's Moses, right? But Moses doesn't show up on the scene of Scripture until the second book, the the, the book of Exodus, right? Now, why does that matter, or or even mean, you, you might be wondering? Well, it means that Moses wrote Genesis, the first book of the Bible, after it all happened. So God was giving him what needed to be written for the people. Now, the law was given to Israel on Mount Sinai. It's revealed there in the the book of Exodus. Uh, This was after God had supernaturally delivered Israel out of their slavery in Egypt. Now, as slaves in Egypt, Israel often had to work seven days a week, long, hard, manual labor. There wasn't a day off. There wasn't a vacation and holidays and, and all of these things. But what we learn is that from the very beginning, God built into his creation a natural Rhythm of working six and resting one. So I want you to imagine you have grown up all of your life as a slave in Egypt. You are used to working, you know, 12, 14, 15 hour days, hard manual labor, seven days a week, never getting a day off. And then all of a sudden, Uh, You you are rescued from this labor and you are told that the God who rescued you also designed for you not to have uh, this seven-day-a-week intense manual labor. That, That God is more gracious and merciful than the taskmasters you had been working for all of your life, so now you are going from working seven days a week to you're going to work six, but you're going to have one day of rest and recharge, something you 've never had. Do you think you would see that as a gift? I think I, I think we would. I hope we would anyway. the problem with the Sabbath was that over the years especially by the time of Jesus' ministry what God had intended to be a blessing man had turned it into a burden in our text the Pharisees now they they were the religious leaders they were angry that the disciples had plucked some corn to eat on the Sabbath Uh, according to the uh, Pharisees Anything like that, anything like work, that was illegal to do on the Sabbath. And so they're going, well, wait a minute, you're supposed to be this great teacher of Israel, but your followers are breaking the Bible, all right? It's breaking the law. So, in response, Jesus tells a story earlier in Mark 2 from the Old Testament. It was a story about how David and his men, um, how they ate what was considered to be sacred bread. E- every day, uh, the priests were to put new bread uh, on a table there in the tabernacle and, and later uh, in the, the temple. And they were to change it out you know, every day. Now, David had been running and fleeing from his enemy, Saul and they were tired and they were hungry. And so they they come and they ask a priest for something to eat and he said, listen, I, I don't, all I've got is, you know, th- this sacred bread uh, really that I'm getting ready to throw out because we're going to put the, the new bread in there. And David said, I'll take it. And so David and his men were able to eat and they, they were refreshed. Now, David was known as a man after God's own heart. Okay, God was very, very serious about the worship and the order of things in the tabernacle and later in the temple. So, if David had done something wrong, then don't you think God would have had something to say, something uh, to respond to? Yet he doesn't. See, what we see in Jesus telling the story is Jesus is showing the blessing that the Sabbath was meant to be. He is showing us that God is more interested in meeting the needs of His people than He is about protecting some man-made tradition. And that's what the Sabbath had become. It wasn't about glorifying God and worshiping God. The Pharisees used it kind of as a religious litmus test. If you followed their example, they considered you religious. But if you broke one of their uh, extra-biblical rules, well, you were terrible. I think this is a really important lesson for you and I to learn because there are those today even who want to use the Sabbath as a religious litmus test. Their opinion is Well, if you don't do what they say you should do, well, then you're not godly. What they fail to remember is what the Bible says. Paul writes in Colossians, Do not let any man judge you with regard to festivals, new moons, and Sabbaths. The Sabbath is intended by God to be a blessing for his children. But the Sabbath also reminds us of who is in control. I like what Dr. Danny Aiken, he's the president of Southeastern Baptist Theological Seminary, said about this text. Dr. Aiken said, quote, In essence, this was a clash, not about the rules, but who makes the rules. You know, isn't that something that we see? even in our own world today? There are those that anytime there's a rule made, they're going to run as hard and as fast at it to challenge it every which way they can. And it's not that they necessarily disagree with whatever the rule is. It's they're upset because somebody's making the rules for them instead of them making the rules for others so verse 28 Jesus says that he is the Lord of the Sabbath now when Jesus says he's the Lord of the Sabbath he is saying I'm the one who created the Sabbath I am the one who is in control of the Sabbath it was also Jesus saying I'm Lord over the Sabbath in other words I am more important I am greater than than the sabbath day why because he is the creator of everything it was him who gave us the sabbath what we're going to see in just a little bit is that jesus is greater than the sabbath not only because he created it but because it pointed to him it is ultimately fulfilled in jesus so as lord of the sabbath Jesus gets to determine what's right and what's wrong on the Sabbath. Now, this really bothered the Pharisees. They wanted to determine by their rules and their regulations what could be done and what couldn't be done. We can see the pridefulness in the Pharisees. But I wonder if we can see that same pridefulness in ourselves. Because maybe maybe the Sabbath isn't a big issue, but when we pick and choose what parts of the Bible we like and, and accept and what parts we, we just kind of want to do away with, essentially what we are saying is that I'm the Lord over that issue, that Uh, commandment in our lives. See, Jesus was trying to refocus the crowd and, and the Pharisees to say, I'm the one who determines what God's will is and I will tell you what God's word says. You don't get to determine it yourself. You don't get to make up your own list of rules and and regulations. God said what He meant, and He meant what He said. Observing the Sabbath also helps us keep a proper perspective on who God is and who we are. When we observe the Sabbath, we're reminding ourselves that it depends on God. But if I'm somebody who is going to ignore God's built-in rhythm. What I'm saying is, it all depends on me. You know, Over our time in this series, we've talked a lot about mental and emotional challenges. And much of the difficulty in those challenges comes from us having a wrong view of ourselves. We get stressed out and strung out because we believe that everything depends on us. and, And, well, if I don't do it, then it's not going to get done. Or, you know, if I want it done right, then I'm going to have to do it myself. Have you ever said either one of those phrases? Uh, What we're saying in that is that I have to be the one in control. I'm the one that determines what's important. I'm the one that determines what needs to get done and, and all of this. But when you and I are intentional about practicing the Sabbath, it's a reminder that God is the creator of it all. And everything that God wanted to get done, guess what? It was getting done before we ever got here, wasn't it? Like God's will was getting accomplished long before we showed up. And here's the other truth. God's will is going to be done long after you and I are gone. Because it's not about us, it's about Him. Another way that the Sabbath helps us keep perspective is that we will see that God can be trusted to provide for His children. Let's just be honest, COVID-19 has rocked a lot of people. When the quarantine orders were handed down, a lot of people found themselves... Uh, with either fewer hours at work, or they were out of work altogether. Now, if the research is correct, then 70% of people would be out of money if they missed just two paychecks. Do you think some families were stressing about how they were going to pay their bills and where that next meal was coming from? I'd say so. And and even now, as, as the nation begins to slowly open back up, we're seeing that we can't expect everything to go back to the way it was uh, before COVID-19. So this stress, it's going to be there for, for a little bit longer. But maybe in all of this, God is trying to remind us that He has promised to provide for us. You know, Philippians 4.19 says, but my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. You and I don't have to stress and worry because God saw COVID-19 long before it ever showed up in China or here on the shores of America. It didn't take him by surprise. He knew it was coming, but he also knew how he was going to reveal himself To people. People who had been acting and living. As though there was no God. As though they were completely self-made men and women. Completely self-sufficient. We were now going to be forced. To depend. On someone else. For what we needed. And as great as the stimulus check was. For those who got it. Guess what? It wasn't. The permanent fix. The best man can do in addressing a problem is a temporary fix. It's a band-aid. Only God can provide the cure. And here's the ultimate point about the Sabbath. It points us to the gift of salvation. The Sabbath points us to Jesus. He's greater than the Sabbath because he created it and because he fulfilled it. You know, Matthew 5, 17, Jesus says, Do you not think I've come to destroy the law? I haven't come to destroy the law, but to fulfill the law. Jesus is saying that that all of the law, it pointed to me. It was all about me. It was meant to point Israel towards the cross in that it showed them their need to be saved, and that God was going to fulfill His promise of sending a Redeemer. That's the purpose of the law, is to reveal our sinfulness and to create a longing for the promised Redeemer. Another unique aspect of the Sabbath is that there is no record, or biblical or otherwise, of God giving the Sabbath to any other nation other than Israel. Now, that means that the Sabbath helped define the unique relationship between God and His people. So listen up for a second, all you workaholics who go seven days a week and never take a break. Claiming to be a Christian and denying This rhythm is a way of denying the relationship you profess to have. Today, faith in Jesus uh, being our ultimate spiritual rest defines the unique relationship that Christians have with God. The rest of the world is, it kind of gets divided up into a couple of camps. All right? There are those who say, oh, well, there is no God. Then there are those who go, well, yeah, God exists, but I have to do something in in order to please him and, and be saved by him. Yet the Bible teaches that Christians are set apart. We are unique in the fact that salvation is based on grace alone through faith alone in Christ alone. That there's nothing I can do to add to or make better Uh, the redemption and the, the Sabbath rest that I've been given in Christ. We have a unique relationship with God, not by what we have done, but rather by what Jesus did on our behalf. Therefore, the Sabbath is meant to point us to a special spiritual rest that is available only in Jesus. Now, how do we know that it's only in Jesus. Because in Matthew eleven twenty eight, 28, he says, Come unto me, all who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. That word rest is sabbaton. It's Sabbaths. We simply rest and trust in the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus to save us from our sins. And in so doing, He gives us rest. I no longer have to work to be good enough. I don't have to work to be accepted because by the blood of Jesus Christ, I have been accepted. But how can we practically practice the Sabbath today? I mean, should we do it since we're not up under the law, but instead we're up under grace? I think these are great questions. So let's spend a few minutes asking the question, how can I practice the Sabbath? First thing I would say is we have to be intentional. I believe that we as Christians should practice the Sabbath. Not as a way to earn love or favor with God, but rather to remind ourselves of what Jesus has done for us. And also out of gratitude for what he's done for us. We should set aside one day of the week in which we rest and recharge. Because Jesus fulfilled the Sabbath of the law, this isn't about a spiritual, this isn't about a specific day. All right, This is about resting and recharging and reminding ourselves of who Jesus is and what he did for us. I love what Pastor Robbie Gallaty uh, said about the Sabbath and keeping it. He said, quote, sometimes the most godly thing we can do is go take a nap. You know, a lot of the solution to a lot of my frustrations and maybe a short fuse with my family it comes because I haven't rested properly. And so when I'm intentional and I rest, it not only recharges my soul because I'm reminded that God's going to provide for me and it doesn't depend on me, but it also can rejuvenate my relationships. And in some cases, it can restore my relationships because now instead of being tired and frustrated and snapping I'm I'm more well-rested. I'm more gracious. I'm more rational in my thought. That that day that that is your Sabbath, it's a good day to have a date with your spouse. Go spend some extra time. Do things with your family. Be intentional about your relationships. It's a good day to spend a little extra time in prayer Bible study and worship. Sing songs. As a part of your Sabbath, sing songs that remind you of who God is and praise Him for who He is and what He's done. But be intentional because as the saying goes, people don't plan to fail, they fail to plan. The second way that we can, uh, Sabbath is to constantly remind ourselves, Jesus is the ultimate Sabbath. It's a demonstration of faith and trust in God to provide for us. Romans 8:32 says, He that spared not his own Son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? If God met our biggest need that need to be saved from our sins and to be reconciled to himself do we really think that we cannot trust God to meet every other need that we have do we really think that he's not going to help us have a roof over our head clothes on our back fuel in our cars food in our fridge do do we think that he's just going to completely abandon us now You see, in his crucifixion and resurrection, Jesus met our greatest need that no amount of work on our part could ever have done for us. And if he was willing to do that for us, then we can trust him to meet our needs. Let me ask you something this morning. Have you entered into that ultimate rest? That rest that reminds us that no matter what happens in this life, I am God's child. He is with me. He will provide for me. And when I die, I'm going to go be with Him for all of eternity. Or are you still like so many in Jesus' day? Are you trying to work hard enough to be good enough or to do enough good for God to love you or, or into, to allow you into heaven. See, the bad news for you, if that's where you are, is this. You will never do enough and you will never be good enough. However, Jesus was and is good enough to satisfy God's wrath against our sin. And by his resurrection, he now offers forgiveness of our sins, a relationship with Him now and for all of eternity. Maybe you're the person who has believed in Jesus, but you're still working like it all depends on you. You know, Scripture would say that this is the attitude of pride. When we feel like we can't slow down, or like we can't take a day off, or I can't spend time with my spouse or, or with my family, then I've got a major problem. Listen, if the number one comment your children hear when they ask you to do something or to see something is, not now, in a minute, you got a problem. If your backside is seen more by your family than your front side, you've got a problem. We have made ourselves God. And we've taken the true God off the throne when we uh, think it's all about us and, and we have to do this and we have to we can't slow down and, and all of this. And if that's where you're finding yourself, I want to urge you this morning to confess it to the Lord. Don't deny it. Don't rationalize it any longer. Confess it to Him and know this, that as you do, He has promised to forgive you and to restore you to a right relationship with Him. As we confess our sin, He can begin to build our relationships back. We are to work hard, but we're not to work all the time. God has given us the blessing of rest to remind us of who God is and to remind remind us of what Jesus has done for us. So don't forget that gift. Don't forsake that gift. Or you might be forsaking your own eternity. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this morning. Thank you for the opportunity just to study your word. And God, I pray for those who are listening to this message. That God, if they are still far from You, that today would be the day that they stop in their sin and they surrender to You. That God, today would be that day that they would become a child of God. Father, I pray for my brothers and sisters who are going to listen to this message as well. So often we say that we love You and we believe in You but so often our lives contradict that confession. And so, Father, if if we're not living the way You are calling us to, Lord, would You just bring us under that conviction so that we can confess it, so that, Lord, we can experience Your forgiveness again and to be grateful for all that You have done for us. We thank You for this time in Your Word. We thank you for how you're going to use it for your glory and the building up of your kingdom. In Jesus' name, amen. I want to say again, thank you so much for joining us. I pray uh, that we hear the word and we obey the word. Until next time, I love you. I'm praying for you. And let's keep living and making Jesus known.